When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Alex Stumpf. I'm in San Francisco. You're in Latrobe right now? I am actually back in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, Yesterday was the last practice uh, in Latrobe before the first Steelers preseason game, which at this point, I'm finally ready to see something else other than practice because we talk about practice. I mean, you want to talk about, about the game practice. I want to talk about the game. All right. But not. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of games, Alex, there are <laughs> games going on on the West Coast or at least in, in the Pacific time zone that you are covering right now. Um, and I'm going to put the call on you. Oh, boy. To describe what is going on in Arizona and what's going to happen in San Francisco you know, before we. <laughs> before we get or you know what let's just just let's not talk about that because it's not pleasant right yeah you're right it'll get a poor reception instead <laughs> we're going to we're i'm gonna, sorry the pun jokes i'm just i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a sucker for puns I, I really am i'm a very punny guy there we go Instead, we're, we're going to talk a little prospects here for the first part of the show, because Baseball America, which I, I often cite, I think Baseball America's top 10, top 100 is it's the premier as yes. far as prospect coverage goes. I, yes. I really like fan graphs for getting to know like the nitty gritty, like organizational guys, the 40 grades mm-hmm. right there. I think they have the best, you know, in depth in that regard. But the gold standard for me is always baseball American. I got to be honest. I'm puzzled with their top 10 list for the pirates prospects. Okay. Yeah. We just released here and I, I'm, I'm going to read off the 10. We're going to talk about mm. some other guys who I think are notable here. Uh, that are, you know, worth examining further, but the top 10, it's what everyone says. Everyone's like, Oh, we need more, you know, guys who could be top 10 prospects, whatever reading them off. Tamar Johnson's number one. Mm-hmm. Quinn Priester, two. Leover Peguero, third. Henry Davis, fourth. Mm. Then Mike Burroughs, five. Andy Rodriguez, six. Nick Gonzalez, seven. Thomas Harrington, eight. Harrington was the supplemental first round pick this year. Yep. Jared Jones, nine. And Carmen Majinski, 10. Salamato and Chandler are 11 and 12. And I know we're splitting hairs here of them being not top tens, but 
that they're really odd emissions here. And I'm, I'm not going to, it's going to sound like I'm going to be sliding some people here, but Thomas Harrington is, I get a higher floor guy than Salamato and Chandler, but mm-hmm. he is, and I, I like a lot about Harrington. Yeah. I really like his mechanics. I like how he can tilt the ball. I like how he has really efficient movements towards the plate that if he could grow into a couple more miles per hour, he could, he could be a problem. He could be a real big league starter. Oh yeah. I, I see a great foundation with him. I don't see the ceiling and I'm, I'm a sucker for high ceilings, but no, I, I would rather have Bubba or Salamato. Both of them were also ranked higher in baseball. America's top 500 last year than, than Harrington was this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmen Majinski, same boat. And Carmen Majinski actually hasn't done a whole lot in Altoona, actually. Right. I, I would think that would hurt his stock. Having both of them in the top 10 and not Salamato and Chandler, and I know we're t- splitting hairs over a couple placements there, but there is prestige of being referred to as a Baseball America top 10 prospect, and they are not at this moment. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that I think – and we even will get into this with the number one prospect as we were talking about before we started recording. But when you put a prospect in the top 10 before they've even logged a professional inning, yes, that is already not saying that they're not worthy of it. Not saying that they haven't done that. Their uh, grades, you know, coming out of high school or college, wherever they're coming from, you know, don't aren't worthy of putting them because, the, the the ceilings are there or the high floor is there, whatever the reason is, you know, obviously the Tamar Johnson situation, you know, you look, I mean, he's the highest graded hitter. What's his Joe Mauer. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you have different guys, you know, different characteristics and situations of why guys will go in. But yes, when it comes to like a sep- supplemental round pick, making it to a number eight spot in one of the top five, organization of you know farm systems and baseball i think that's fair to say uh, i mean at, at least a top 10 but i mean a real argument for top five farm systems and baseball that that's a pretty if it were going in the top 10 of like bottom five okay that's a, that's a little bit more understandable but yeah when you have guys who are like you said like uh Solomito and chandler you know being able to have having already a establish themselves in the professional ranks and are trending in the right direction and then omitting them. That is a bit, that is a bit puzzling. And I I really want to, I really want to get your thoughts on whether or not Tamar Johnson should be the top prospect in this organization right now. Well, I mean, not to (laughs) reveal too much of the, you know, how the sausage is made here, but, but the weekly top 10 features, a lot of that is, you know, the guy who writes it, you know, they, they get a lot right. of the, they get the lion's share of the, of the say. So mm-hmm. I've, I've made my point there that I know Henry Davis hasn't played a ton of games in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think even, you know, end of this year, I could be like, all right, Tamar Johnson is number one, but for right now, I, I still have Davis at number one. I think he, I think they were way too hard on him. You know, they, they erroneously say he has had multiple wrist injuries. It's been, just been the same one wrist injury. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, it's not, it, he was hitting the wrist with a pitch. Like this was right. a freak injury. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it really sucks for him because here's someone who could have been, if he was healthy and hitting the way that we all know that Henry Davis could hit, 
I, I we might be talking about do you send him to Indianapolis right now? Yeah. Is he someone who forces his way onto the major league roster next year, opening day? Yep. You you just don't see that anymore. Like, yeah, he'll probably finish in Altoona, and that's really good. He'll probably not probably, but I could see him. I shouldn't say probably if I don't have any source on it, but I could see him <laughs> going to uh, the Arizona Fall League, you know, at, right. at the end of the year to get, you know, more professional bats. I could see him maybe even starting in Indianapolis, you know, at the start of next year or very quickly mm-hmm. getting a promotion up like he did this year from Greensboro to Altoona. Yeah. I would still see him in Pittsburgh in 2023, but it definitely pushes the timetable for him, for the Pirates catcher of the future to get back. That stinks. Tamar Johnson is healthy, but you got to play a couple games. And I know he literally yeah. has just started playing games, but no, let's, let's see what he does there. Let's see what Thomas Harrington can do before you declare him a top 10 pick. I mean, this is an organization that if it's not a top five farm system anymore, it's only because they've graduated Contreras and Cruz. Yeah. Like yep. that'd be the only reason why they wouldn't be right now. I don't know. I, I get, I, I, well, there's no question. There's no question. There's no question that that Henry Davis coming out of the draft was more major league ready, just because I mean he's, he's coming out of college. Oh yeah. So and he was an advanced college hitter on top of that. Correct. So there's no question that Henry Davis is more major league ready coming out of the draft than Tremar Johnson is. That's just uh, that's an obvious statement. I, I'm, I'm you know being captain obvious here, but how much of that do we weigh into prospect rankings? How major? How how close are they to the major league level and being able to make an impact at the major league level? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you met, might make a really good argument for Henry Davis because if he is healthy, if he is healthy, I, I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah it, it should play play very very well, and uh, that's why the Pirates took him you know num- number one overall last summer. So, yeah. uh, but Tremar Johnson, I mean the the the, the Tremar Johnson. Is, could be the best hitter. I, I I'll I'll throw what it, what Jack Wilson said. Like the last time the Pirates drafted a hitter like this, you know, it worked out pretty well. He played center field and wore number twenty two. Like that was a really, like yeah. that was a really good and and frankly, he could be the best player to pass through this system since Andrew McCutcheon. Not saying that he will, but he has that potential. Henry yeah. Davis, I just see. I, I know I knocked the floor and like, I think he's a high ceiling, you know, impact player where he could be an all-star also, but I also see his floor just being so ridiculously high that I just don't see this, any scenario outside of just continuous injuries where this guy is a bust. And I know right. people are going to say, well, he was hurt last year. That was an oblique injury. That was a freak thing being hit yeah. in the wrist with a pitch. That's, that's a freak thing. Also, it's going to be more like if we see something really pop up recurring, Right there, which I'm, I'm not going to put the injury bug on someone who got hit in the wrist with a pitch. Like, no, no that, that's no. that's not fair. It's I think Henry Davis, I've said this before. I think he is the captain of the next Pittsburgh Pirates team. Mm. And I, I don't know if he'd be the best player, but I, he was definitely the guy that I went to minor league camps. He was the guy that people gravitated to whenever he did live BPs. People, one of the coolest moments I've seen, you know, covering this organization was one group of players was done a little early and Henry Davis was coming to bat and every single one of them could have gone to 
the it could have gone to their lockers they could have gotten out of the hot florida sun not a damn one of them did they all went to watch henry davis hit like that is a commanding moment a commanding it, it, mm-hmm. I, i'm sorry like <laughs> I'm no sorry. I, I, like this this is the guy this is still yeah. right now the number one prospect and to have him drop as severely as he did i i think that's off and it's I like no, that he got his boost. I'm glad that Mike Burrows is finally considered top five because I, I've made clear that, you know, I, I think that Priester, Pagero, Burrows, you know, tier players right there mm-hmm. who could be, you know, big league starters. I, I think they're all within arm's length of one another. I just don't see Henry Davis also being in that group. I, I put right. it in there. Like there's tiers to this farm system and the top two right now are the two first round draft picks from last year. And then you've got the Priester Baguero Burroughs. And then to round it back up, you, you got Salamedo and Chandler in that. In my opinion, yeah. you got Andy Rodriguez, you got Nick Gonzalez. So I, I, that's the way I kind of view it all. Yeah. And uh, I just, just to hit on, you know, the, the point again of, <clears throat> this is, I mean, if we learned anything and not to do another Moneyball reference and no, there wasn't Moneyball in Little League whenever I was a kid, but um, <laughs> that's a throwback. But yeah, just throwing it back to a couple episodes ago. But I mean, none of us have a crystal ball and know exactly what a prospect is going to do. And I still like, and like whenever I've gotten questions about like, how do you think the next crop of fit, how does the future of starting pitching look? I'm like, I, I can't tell you it right now. It looks okay. It looks like Quinn Priester is going to be a guy. It looks like Mike Burroughs is going to be a guy. I mean, it looks like, you know, they've got some arms who are going to be able to come up, but until they get on the mound at PNC park and other big league parks and are, pitching major league innings and having success, we won't know. And that's just Termar Johnson might be the best hitter the Pirates have drafted, you know, in since Andrew McCutcheon or, I mean, but until it actually plays out that way, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, whenever we start putting rankings together and putting guys, you know, unless it's just like, you know, like Termar Johnson understand understandably is one of the top prospects in the organization coming in just because of the potential there. Not saying that Thomas Harrington is not worth it, but to put him in the top 10, I think that is being a little generous for sure. Yeah. Just because I don't think there's enough there already to be like, Oh, he's already um, worthy of being considered higher than guys who have already been professionals for multiple years and like I said earlier, are trending in the right direction. So I, I I kind of agree with you on that one. Anybody else you wanted to hit on that weren't that wasn't in the top 10? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just roll through a couple names here. Um Mike Malcolm New, Malcolm Nunez, uh mm-hmm. one of the prospects that they got in the Hold on, uh, hold on. I got a pun joke for you. He is ni- number 16, so he is literally Malcolm in the middle of the top 30. Yeah, life is unfair. <laughs> Interesting placement. Sorry. Interesting placement for me. That, that 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 seems fair. Um, this probably is in the middle of our of our podcast too. So, like podcast length. Oh man, Eddie. Uh, Eddie, please, director. Eddie, Eddie needs to add a lot of commercials, so it's not. Sorry, everyone. 
Um, some other names, Luis Ortiz jumping up to number 22. I, I've heard very good things out of him out of Altoona. don't know if he's going to stick as a starter, but he's mm-hmm. got stuff. It's just learning to control it. I could think I could see him as a bullpen guy. Uh, Matt Gorski, not a ton of love, but good to see him, you know, crack number 25 whenever, you know, he again, injured right now, but he was just absolutely crushing the baseball right yeah. there. Uh, 27, 28, Connor Scott, Hudson Head, two of the main prospects that they got back in the Jacob Stallings and the Joe Musgrove trades. Neither one of them seems to be trending particularly well at the moment. Scott got off to a fast start, but really has not done much since. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andres Alvarez at number 30. This one is interesting to me because Kyron Madison, the, the manager in Altoona, absolutely loves him. And there was a stretch this year where they were putting him in positions you know, like just just wing it, make him a utility man because they were trying to get this guy in the lineup as much as they could. This is someone that if you want to talk about a really deep sleeper in the system, he could be one. I'm glad that you know he gets a little recognition here at number 30 because he is someone who is very well liked in Altoona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one one guy who I, I was recently getting questions about. Um, Actually, a couple of different guys. Uh, G1 Bay at t- number 23 and Travis Swaggerty at number 24. Um, yeah. What, uh, I mean, I, it, it seems like, you know, it wasn't, it was shortly after I had uh, started on here and uh, there was a lot of, I won't say a lot, but there was at least some attention for whenever Swaggerty came up and he made his uh, major league debut and everything like that. And here he is number 24. And it just kind of seems like, the the excitement for him has kind of dwindled a little bit. I mean, we've seen a lot of outfielders get caught up and he's been consistently the guy left in AAA outside of that one cup of coffee. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know how much to read into all of it. I know that last year there was no one who was, he he was maybe the most impressive player at the Pirates alternate site Mm -hmm. last year. And then he got hurt and, you know, that, you know, put a damper on the career, but I don't know. He's in a position where he needs to play every day. And I I feel like there could be opportunities in the major leagues for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Pirates are obviously keeping him down there for, for one reason or another. I I don't know. I think it's telling whenever we've seen Bly a couple of times, we've seen Calvin Mitchell a couple of times. Um, Kane Smith and Jigba's hurt, so he doesn't. We really don't know where he would be, you know, in this whole mm-hmm. situation. But there was definitely outfield opportunity, and he's playing in AAA. I I don't know exactly how firm what's going on there because he was a high ceiling, you know, or not high ceiling, high floor, you know, first round draft pick in 2018. A lot uh-huh. of that with his defense and his speed and. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, we're, we're waiting my, for the bat to really break out still. Right, right. And see, that's the thing is that somebody asked, you know, what, what's the what's the ceiling for Swaggerty? And I said, well, honestly, even if he hits, I'm thinking like a, a like a fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of like what it, what it seems to me is like, I, I, I unless I don't yeah, think the that's defense, the ceiling, but it's it's looking like a very plausible outcome. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, because obviously if he like hits and really hits, I mean, that that's I mean, that's three dynamic tools there of you know hitting you know running yeah. and playing defense uh that's valuable on any team but uh I, I just i think at this i think at this rate if he ends up becoming a fourth outfielder i think that's honestly a win for the pirates right now i don't know if that's a 
I don't uh, view that as or, a win. Well, uh, maybe not as a win. Maybe more as a. Uh, you kind of said it's like it's like when you're playing. How would you? Lot. How would you phrase like not an indictment? <laughs> it's yeah, like if it's, Travis Swaggy hits his floor and you know becomes a regular MOB contributor, be like, okay, well that's that is what it is. I I I, I I'm. I, I would say like for the, for the average amateur golfer, uh, it's um, you had a great drive, then you absolutely shank the crap out of your second shot and you still ended up saving, you know, not saving par, but at least getting a bogey out of it or something like that. Yeah. Maybe that's the equivalent. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it just, it just seems like the excitement around him has really kind of dwindled down a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's, lot of uh, rotation with all the young guys. It seems like one guy gets called up, another guy gets options. It's like this carousel of younger guys getting uh, getting opportunities, and then one guy goes back down, and on this carousel of guys moving around, Swaggerty is standing off to the side and just not on it. He's just so. That is a very depressing metaphor. And with that metaphor in, in our minds of poor Travis Swaggerty, watching on as other people get to play on the amusement park <laughs> rides. We're going to take a break. This is a very long first segment. Uh, we still got some show left to go, though. And uh, maybe maybe we should dial it in for a second. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I didn't give Chris a lot of time between we, between <laughs> whenever we actually started, so he's still chuckling over a really bad phone pun. It's really not though, because it, it, it is. you can't you can't have a bad pun for me. Like it's is, just yeah. oh oh, it's so it's so good. Uh, so based off of that pun. What more is there to say about Rodolfo Castro uh, and his phone, which has now become, that's going to be something that's played for, it it almost doesn't matter what happens in his career. That's just going to be something that's just played for years and years. It's, it's not quite 
<laughs> the same level as like a Randall Simon, you know, sausage incident or something, but it's definitely got to be one of those like, well, remember that time whenever Rodolfo Castro, you know, had a, had a cell phone fall out oh, of his pocket. And I, I feel bad even talking about it here. We're, we're going to keep this. We're going to keep this one short because I do feel bad for the guy because it was very clearly an accident that he had no intent of using it in the game. And I felt even yeah. bad, you know, asking him like after the game, like, so why do you always have your, your, your oven with you? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the actual factor that went into all of this. He's like, Oh, it feels good. I always have it on me. And, you know, I, I want to be ready. And it's, I felt bad asking that question, but I felt like it was one of those follow-ups like, okay, why do you, why are you the only player that has that? And yeah, it's, I put a little bit in Insider. I put a little bit. I, I wrote the story. I really don't have anything else to say other than that was a that was weird. It's, as as weird as everything in this, all the weird stuff I have seen in this organization. Him mm-hmm. pulling out a cell phone and handing it to Mike Rabello at third bases, it it cracks the top five. It cracks yeah. the top five. It's not Will Craig. It's not you know a lot of things, but it's it's well we just on the it. top five. What was it? Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the weirdest things that we've seen, you know, play out, you know, either in a game or just in a major league ballpark. And I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that this that what we talked about continues to be topped as this season goes on is just <laughs> I think that's a that's a great way to sum up the 2022 Pirates. Honestly, is- uh, it's just one just mind boggling moment after the other. There's a, a a robot chicken sketch I like where they are doing uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's like this deal keeps getting worse all the time. Like, <laughs> I have altered the deal. Pray they alter it further. It's like this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a pirates game of all time. Pray yeah. it doesn't get any weirder. <laughs> yeah. It's true, and I it just keeps building and building and building and building. And it's I, I, I the, my favorite part is whenever stuff like this happens on the road. Because mm-hmm. every single road reporter, whether they're AP filling in for MOB.com or, or, you know, just whatever their local paper or outlet is out there. Yeah. They always have the same question <laughs> and it's, have you seen anything like that before? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I give Shelton credit. He has, he has a good, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say canned response because, you know, he's, he's saying it for the, the road reporters because for right. us who travel well we know what's coming on he's like if you stay around the game long enough you're gonna see stuff that you've never seen before and it's like yeah that is the most diplomatic way to say something like this that is a good prepared statement throw it out there Bam. it is and it's just and like you said i do kind of feel bad for castro but it, it is such a bad look for him because oh it's a terrible look just because, like, the, his last game before his option, he doesn't run out of pop out, and it, he ends up getting doubled up because of it. And then his first game back after he's brought brought back up, this happens, and it's just like, man, oh, it's just such a, it's such a bad look. And, and you hope that he's able to move past this kind of stuff and be able to, you know, and, and be able to become the player that uh, he thinks he can be, and the Pirates think he can be. Um, because that would be the best thing to happen for all parties involved is for Rodolfo Castro to move beyond um, phones falling out of his pants, yeah. uh, sliding into third base. And so I, I think that could pretty much be said the same, say the same thing for just about every other player in baseball. 
don't have your phone in your pants. No. I understand. I mean, even even in like places like T-Mobile Park, it's still not not a good idea. All right, I'm I'm we're we're gonna drop the golf call here for a couple minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, stay tuned. Back to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Chris, mm. the last segment of the show, I'm going to throw you a question on the spot. Oh, God. The answer is Yu Chang. <laughs> Who is the Pirates equivalent, any level of their organization, major leagues to down in the Dominican? Who is their equivalent of George Pickens? Oh my gosh. Um, and interpret Pickens as either the most talented player on earth, either the, the, okay, you guys do realize he was like the sixth wide receiver taken this draft still. The, so maybe this is a little overhyped. Uh, I, I really, really, uh, this is going to sound, oh man, I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe it's just because they're both kind of tall and lanky. But O'Neill Cruz is the first guy that com- comes to mind. And I think it's just because the potential is through the roof with both of them. I think that's I think that's the main reason why I'm kind of tying those two. I understand O'Neill Cruz is a much higher, uh, like higher, you know, more regarded, you know, higher regarded at his craft than Pickens is at his. But if Pickens doesn't get hurt uh, and have the knee injury, he's a first round pick. And that, that's, I don't think that's a debate. Like for anybody who follows mm-hmm. football, that I don't think that's a debate. I think he's a first round pick if it's not for the, for the knee injury. Um, and he is, I mean, now granted <clears throat> everything we've seen of him so far has been in practice. I mean, we're talking about practice and we have yet to see what actually plays out even in a preseason game, much less a regular season game, <clears throat> but you just see the raw tools and the raw talent there. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, this guy looks like he could be a freak. And O'Neill Cruz, I think it's the same thing. You see him hit a ball six inches off the plate outside, slap at it, and hit it 408 feet, and it goes over the over the wall in center field. I think that's where you just go, okay, this dude's just a freak. Like the raw talent is just off the charts. And so I think that's probably the best comparison I can make as of at least the first one off the top of my head. All right, all right. That's fair. Yeah, I was to say, was that is that fair, or am I or am I reaching? No, no. It's it's more fair than using the time machine to, to go back in time and and stop a, a waiver wire trade. It is a better answer than that. <laughs> I'm glad that I at least topped. You that. are trending in the right direction. I am trending in the right direction. Maybe I'll make the uh, the next top prospect ranking. There we go. Uh, or at least move up in it. To see if Chris will continue to trend in the right direction, be sure to subscribe so you get next week's episode and all the fine shows that we have here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Chris Halleck, I'm Alex Stone. We'll talk again next week.